Podcast 146 Philosophizing the Sovereignty of Culture was captured and framed in publication 278 and ventilated in 31 chapters in ISBN 978-976-968-2429 As I was pondering what really is sovereignty, immediately I conjured the concepts inherit right and spirituality. I suppose my initial reaction to this intellectual question was influenced by culture since I am a licensed cultural practitioner and quite rightly so because my retort naturally is predicated on the totality of socially transmitted behavior, patterns, arts, beliefs, institutions, and all other products of human work and thought. According to yourdictionary.com, I quote, culture is learned and shared within social groups and is transmitted by non-genetic means. End quote. Equally, according to law dot cornell dot edu i quote blackstone explains sovereignty as a political concept that refers to dominant power or supreme authority in a monarchy supreme power resides in the sovereign or king the sovereign is the one who exercises power without limitation sovereignty is essentially the power to make laws." End quote. That said, now that I have established context and I am also aware of the fact there is a school of thought with the purpose of suggesting that according to ivypanda.com, I quote, the cultural orientation of the people within a society or group determines their definition of power and how they react towards those in authority. Power complements culture in the sense that it enforces cultural values and norms. End quote. I dare say that this line of thinking provides justification for the Bayesian angle of view to legitimize this conversation. In addition, I have introduced food and language because, according to goodluckbread.com, I quote, language reflects our culture and it can have a big impact on our relationship with food, end quote, especially within the precincts of sovereignty. As a media arts practitioner, what I have extrapolated thus far through my lens, that philosophizing the sovereignty of culture comprises specific qualities, times, places, and people of a real world in regards to ideal culture, including the values and norms that a culture claims to have, and 
according to study.com. I quote, the same also involves an idealized, uncompromising value system that dictates profit behavior. End quote. In the scheme of things, I desired to learn and know more about this topic, so I simply employed the curious lens. This lens provided scope and a platform to ventilate what I had conjured coupled together with what I have researched through another lens, such as other concepts that interact with this topic, namely, Age of Enlightenment, Session, Concepts of Sovereignty, Creation, Culture, Different Interpretations, Exclusivity, External and Internal Sovereignty, Food, Human Cultures, Language, Legalistic Sense, Medieval, Military Occupation, Modes for Acquisition of Sovereignty, Occupation, Operations, Prescription, Reformation, and rethinking sovereignty. The aforesaid concepts may very well provide an understanding of sovereignty since they appear to be inextricably linked. A word of caution though, it appears that we cannot understand this culture without first learning a language, furthermore verbal communication. According to ncbi.nlm. NIH.gov. Plausibly, these concepts may be so deeply intertwined they could very well reach an emotional level. This explicit admission is timely and important and certainly created a platform for me to grapple with the premise philosophizing the sovereignty of culture through a metaphoric lens. What is also very telling and interesting about this discussion, the more that I drill down into this topic, I have discovered a perception which is espoused by Martin Lachlan known as sovereignty quintessentially expression. Conversely, the stark reality is that absolute sovereignty is quintessential modern sovereignty. But in recent decades, it has begun to be circumscribed by institutions like the EU, the UN's practices of sanctioning, intervention, and the International Criminal Court. In another academic forum, according to plato.sanford.edu, I quote, there is a final pair of adjectives that define sovereignty as internal and external. End quote. Plausibly, such thinking suggests that in early modern times, French theorist Jean Baudin thought that sovereignty must reside in a single individual. A case in point, over the centuries, new notions of the holders of sovereignty have evolved. In addition, according to my tutor, UK, Stefano R. argues that sovereignty refers to the ability of the state to act independently on the world stage granting authority to rule itself. Over time, due to the growth of civil society 
and the expansion of international organizations has led to a condition of pooled sovereignty for many states. Donna Enes, through another lens, espoused the view that cultural sovereignty is our inherent right to use our values, traditions, and spirituality to protect our future. Enes's perspective further activated my mental processes to the extent that I have gained knowledge and comprehension coupled with several other processes related to philosophizing the sovereignty of culture. On another occasion, while I was directing my lens at various angles and analyzing sovereignty, I discovered that according to evlaw.com.au, it is perceived as a concept which is notoriously difficult, but in essence, under international law, it is a power and right recognized or effectively asserted in respect of a defined part of the globe to govern in respect of that part to the exclusion of nations or states or peoples occupying other parts of the globe. Equally, according to IndianCountryToday.com, although cultural sovereignty is perceived as abstract and Asian, yet it predates the arrival of non-Indians. It is a kind of sovereignty that we can only lose if we choose to give it up. Therefore, cultural sovereignty is our inherent right to use our values, traditions, and spirituality to protect our future." End quote. Another angle of sovereignty underscores the fact, according to law.cornell.edu, it is a political concept that refers to dominant power or supreme authority. In a monarchy, supreme power resides in the sovereign or king, and in modern democracies, sovereign power rests with the people and is exercised through representative bodies such as Congress or Parliament. For instance, the sovereign is the one who exercises power without limitation. Sovereignty is essentially the power to make laws, even as suggested by Blackstone. The term also carries implications of autonomy. To have sovereign power is to be beyond the power of others to infer, beyond lawmaking power, two other aspects of sovereignty are eminent domain and sovereign immunity. In the past 25 years or more, political observers have diagnosed a crisis of the sovereign nation-state and the erosion of state sovereignty through supranational institutions and the global mobility of capital goods, information, and labor. Plausibly, in the realm of linguistics, according to law.cornell.edu, cultural sovereignty may comport itself as a heuristic concept which could provide new views on these developments since the beginning of the 20th century and in some ways 
may mimic the Industrial Revolution. Further to this point, cultural sovereignty may very well influence all human affairs to become international, a view espoused by Arnold J. Toynbee. If we understand the how and the why of philosophizing the sovereignty of culture, plausibly we would also recognize that it provides the environment to understand the why because there seems to be a very close correlation existing between theory and practice. Hence, without understanding the theory of philosophizing the sovereignty of culture, it is highly plausible that we are unable to live out or furthermore identify this way of life. In this genre, when the proverbial dust is settled, contextually speaking, the underpinning of this conversation, philosophizing the sovereignty of culture, is seemingly grounded in the doctrine of culture. Therefore, this conversation is about global citizens' behavior expressed because we are just conduits. I go further to state that this dialogue does not only exist in an idealized form, but is also an expression and a way of life. Simply put, this conversation will discourse through several lenses, especially a curious lens, which allowed me to capture and frame these explicit details at the same time activating my desire to learn and know more about culture and sovereignty and how they interact. This information research seemingly works harmoniously with the premise philosophizing the sovereignty of culture and, according to TylorFrancis.com, the maintenance of the distinction within the precincts of language and food as a concept may very well provide an understanding of sovereignty. In my closing comments as an author, cinematographer, media arts specialist, licensed cultural practitioner, podcaster and publisher, what I have extrapolated thus far through my lens are the specific qualities, times, places and people of a real world regarding ideal culture, including the values and norms that a culture claims, philosophizing the sovereignty of culture. Philosophizing the sovereignty of culture is an idealized, uncompromising value system that dictates perfect behavior as part of explicit details. In this context, according to study.com, in real culture, on the other hand, included the values and norms that are actually followed by a culture, and one such culture is sovereignty and is harmoniously understanding of sovereignty. Finally, philosophizing the sovereignty of culture was examined through a reason lens and was captured and framed in publication 278 in 31 chapters and verbalized in podcast 146 in ISBN 978-976-9682429.